Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Fly on a private jet. Did you see that? The Wolfies. There's some harsher songs I could have played, but I was going to take it a little bit easier on them. Boy, you know, a lot of people got into this over the weekend, didn't they? Getting in all the their feels. Fans kinda, yeah. uh, I was a little disappointed in some people. Well, look, I re- welcome in, everybody. It's been Byram over there. Hey, man. I'm merely the P-Man. Look, I realize not everybody has this warped view on the world, or, or, or as I look at it, honest view on the world that you need to have in everything, but sports especially. Um, like I, it, 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 I, I don't root for UNC, and there's no circumstance that would have me root for UNC. I don't root for NC State. There's no circumstance that would have me root for NC State unless they're playing UNC. Other than that, and I'm not even rooting. I'm just shaking my head at how State has choked another one away like a dog. <laughs> but but I, in all honesty, do not – and if that's – you know, there's people that will do that. Oh, we're rooting for the in-state team or, or whatever. And, you know, I, I'll admit it was kind of cool once upon a time to see Appalachian State beat Michigan in the big house. And you know, we were kind of rooting for that because it was an upset and, a, and an upstart in FCS team. Now, didn't know that almost 20 years later they'd still be touting that as if it happened yesterday, but that's okay. <laughs> that's their defining moment in their football It program. must be. Yeah. It must be because they sure treat it as it is their Super Bowl. It, well, we're like that with what? The uh, what bowl was it? The bowl that peach con- bowl. Well, the peach bowl. there are some yes. people like that, but the peach bowl was a magical moment. I'm not going to lie, but there are some people that are stuck back in the peach bowl era because, in their mind, they might have been crushing life at that point. That's and, what oh, 30 plus years. They're going to be 30 years and ago. People still talk about it like it happened yesterday. It'll be 30 years ago this uh, January, and I guess you know that might have been the best time in someone's life. I don't know. <laughs> I, I tend to try to you know think that the next day is going to be the best time in my life. Yeah, so. let's not harp on the past, right. folks. But I just, I don't get behind that. I, I Rarely do I get on the, I'm rooting for the in-state team because they're the in-state team. I don't like that kind of theory think, much either. Do you I'm, think Auburn roots for Alabama? Absolutely not. Not in any circumstance. Do you think tonight Mississippi, Ole Miss fans are going to be rooting for Mississippi no, State? absolutely not. Do you think that, um, I know UNC fans don't ever root for Duke. No. I mean, UNC fans 
vice versa. Hate Shashevsky so much that Call they, him rat face and right that <laughs> they were almost rooting against the U.S. team a couple times in the Olympics. Now. A lot of people in the People's Republic of Chapel will have a warped view of the world anyway, as it is, and maybe they no like doubt. that sort of communist uh, thought, but, I, you know, and there are some nerdy Duke fans that might root for UNC, but by and large, real Duke fans. I mean, my point being is, you, but you do you, as I often like to say, you do you. The thing about the NC State thing, and we now have dug into it, initially, it blows up Saturday morning because it happens in the middle of the night, which is where I have my real problem. And I know baseball was still being played, and they, their idea is we released a statement, we tweeted it out, and ESPN announced it. But, I mean, you know who was, who was awake at that time of day watching college baseball? Insomniacs. Not the rest of us in the world who were sleeping. I mean, dead asleep. Even you were asleep. And you never go to sleep. I might, yeah, I was asleep. Yeah. You were even you <laughs> were asleep at that point. A guy who wakes up at the crack of eleven every day. You were even asleep. <laughs> so it looks as if they're coming here and they're. What are they doing, Ben? They're 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 there. They are. They're not. On t- it just it looks like they're making a cowardly decision. Because they just said they were disqualified. They gave no lay of the land. And here's my problem with doing that in the middle of the night. You know, if you're going to release it, that's fine. But just say, we will have a press availability or have more on this decision at 8 a.m. at the ballpark in the media room. That still wouldn't have been respectable because it, it comes off like, well, we're just going to put well, no, this out in the middle no, no, of the night. No, no, that would have been fine because they would have answered questions. Or at 2 a.m., just wait and hold it till 8 a.m. But, I mean, don't release something at 2 a.m. and that's it. I, and then not, not provide any explanation. Now, D1Baseball.com has done a magnificent job, as have other outlets. I mean, the AP got on this. Joe Giglio's done a lot of digging and done a really fine job on this uh, for a WREL sports fan. So that's great. And they've gotten some of the answers to things that we did not get that we weren't privy to at first. Now, my whole weekend view was consumed with the high school baseball championship broadcast. By the way, congratulations to our very own in Greenville, Rose Rampant baseball team winning the state championship for 3A. Plenty of local baseball happening around the weekend and the weekend. Their seventh championship state championship uh, with RV there at Rose. And RV's going to join us later in the show. We're going to get him on the phone live. We're going to talk to him. And look, we love us some RV around here. That's more than Belichick. Yes, it is. It is more than Belichick. That's true. And it's been 13 years. Now, he went 18 years between his first and second title. No, 22 years between his first and second title. 13 years is the second largest gap. That's pretty – well, they – you know, Greenville High School won it in 75. And then in 97, Rose won their first. So, you know, in that sort of modern era. There's a Greenville High School. I did not yeah, know prior that. Yeah, you know, prior to it becoming uh, Rose, yes. Okay, okay. the merger and, and all of that. But. Learn a little bit of history here. Yeah, there you go. Get under the learning tree. <laughs> so, so really interesting uh, stuff there with, um, with, with, 
you know, RV and reviewing that history today. But we'll have RV on. And look, they had their own debacle. They and Perquimans and the other teams they played, East Surrey and the 1A, Perquimans swept them, Rose swept Coxville. Those teams had their own debacle going on because in Fayetteville, the stadium, apparently the turf was not up to snuff. They weren't able to cover it with all the rain they got. The facilities did not look great. No, the facilities <laughs> did not. And, and I got tipped off on that, that the facilities were not going to be great and that the turf was going to be questionable. Nobody had any idea that it was just going to, a storm was just going to camp out a summer storm and just dump copious amounts of rain. Well, at one point, it looked like an abandoned baseball field. It looked like the no, same it did. Lot. It did because they didn't have the proper apparatus. Yeah. Now, look, and I, 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 we could go ahead and get this out of the way because we are going to get on the horn here with D1 Baseball's uh, Aaron Fit in just a minute. So we'll, we'll kind of revisit that. I don't mean to jump all over here. But our time with Aaron's going to be limited. We want to hit that here in a second. But the the High School Athletic Association wanted to present, in a year of COVID, in a year of not having these championships a year ago, the best stage possible. And you just don't want to play that at some cruddy high school field, even if it's a you know brand new 4A field. By and large, you want to try to play that in a at a college facility or a minor league park, like they've done. They played it at the minor league park at Burlington, which was a great field. I mean, that turf was in tremendous shape. Ben, I got to see a no-hitter on Friday night in the first game of the 4A. Oh. The brother of C.J. Boyd, pirate baseball pitcher, Carter Boyd, threw a no-hitter. It was the first no-hitter in nine years in the high school baseball wow. championships. I also saw, we, we did all six games because it maxed out the series for the 2A and the 4A. What a day. <laughs> oh, it was, a long, it was a long couple days. The uh, final game we did was a no-hitter. Randleman beat RS Central. Randleman coached by former Johnny Bench award winner, ECU baseball alum, Jake Smith. Wow. There we go. It all comes together. All so comes I got to circle. reconnect with Jake a little bit. We had a good time reminiscing on uh, the Keith LeClaire days. Not such a good time on the Randy Maisie days reminiscing. And then, <laughs> you know, talked a little bit about Billy Godwin and Cliff Godwin. So it was, it was a pretty good time. So that was, that was the deal. By the way, Ben, the always anonymous text line. Uh-oh. Rose built in 57. The name was changed from Greenville High School to Rose after the superintendent. So it wasn't a merger. It was That's what it was there. So I stand corrected. That's why it was Greenville High School in 75. Uh, and then, so Junius Rose, Junius each uh, Rose was who the super. So I, I, I totally got learned on that. I thought, I thought they had merged <laughs> together, but I, I stand incorrect on I don't that. like that text line. It no, the always anonymous text line is good because it's no. got a lot of look. We get a lot of controversial takes that are put out on the always anonymous text line from time to time. Reveal yourself. No, no, no. That's fine. They bother me. That's fine. And that and I and I look. I was my, the story I had was wrong, but the point is, <laughs> the name did change. Got the point of the whole story okay. there. I mean, I, we didn't need that preference. In. All right. So let me get back to the deal with Perquimans and Rose here. I guess there was a desire to try to play these games instead of playing them. You know, like they played the softball at a high school, which was fine because that was all they had available to them when they made those plans. And it was shortly after those plans were announced, the governor made the changes. You know, they're able to play the football inside of the Keenan Stadium. But, I mean, they played the basketball championships at high schools this year, not inside of Reynolds or the Smith Center or yep. even, you know, like a smaller gym. So anyway, 
Get off that text line. Don't even pay it any attention. There's even there now. There's some gripes with the what the NCHSA is doing. Point is, Rose has got seven state titles. My other point is this: you, there was a big failing in however that process went in the communication between the Riddle Stadium people, I guess Fayetteville Tech that uses it, and the High School Athletic Association, and that was not good. And they were able to finish the series, but in a venue that has been used to play minor league or collegiate league baseball, and that is currently used by a college team, even if it's a junior college team, that field, instead of saying, yes, we could host this event, should have said, hey, we're not really equipped to host this event at the level at which you need it hosted. Now, if the association just assumed a lot of stuff and did not ask the right questions, which all indications were they asked all the right questions that I've gotten, then shame on the association. But I think the association within the normal, I mean, they, they actually had people on site go and inspect the site. So apparently what they saw at the time they felt comfortable with, it was just some of the other things they were told, I guess, were not provided. And that's not, I'm not trying to bury anybody there, but that's just a fact, at least as it's told from the, some, someone within the association to me uh, Saturday night of what was going on when that time they'd already moved the stuff to high schools. Point is, Rose won, and that was great, and I'm really thrilled for all of the kids. I'm thrilled for RV. I'm thrilled for Marvin. All right, back to this NC State thing. <laughs> So the pack kind of knew the rules of the protocol and you can't force people. I mean, what, what this has been a tough one for our friends in the triangle sports media because they hate the NCAA, but they like the NCAA's protocol of testing and forcing people in their minds to, to get the vaccine. Well, I found it funny. All of a sudden they cared about college baseball over the weekend. Well, let me get there. So, the, the, our friends in that me, in that media market have a re, they'll get on the bandwagon of whoever's winning and, and cover them like they're you know and, and look a lot of them do root for certain teams don't don't make no mistake they root for certain teams if they tell you they don't they're lying <laughs> but you know they were they were really upset with the NCA but then they learned the NCA's protocols and they oh we really like that because it makes that, that means the team should get vaccinated. And, you know, we don't like sports. We want people to be vaccinated, and we don't get people to give the choice if they're going to get vaccinated. That's their mindset when it comes to this whole COVID thing. Uh, the other part of this is now that they've learned that a lot of NC State guys were not vaccinated by choice, which last I checked, we're in America. It seems less and less every day, but we're still in America from what I understand. Then that's fine. You ought to be able to to do what you need to do as far as uh, that's your decision. Now, where, where's it getting? Because, look, there are coaches right now that are about to start the fall season in all the fall sports. If they don't have players on their roster vaccinated, this could happen to them. I mean, you could have football games wiped out again. But, I mean, you're, you're holding these things inside of a open-air stadium. It's a non-contact sport. And... There are 20-some-odd thousand people at every game, no masks. You don't know if they've been vaccinated or not, shoulder-to-shoulder, packed house. Yet we're we're running these protocols on healthy, young 20-some-year-olds who have the right to decide whether or not they want to get vaccinated or not. It's, it's a personal decision. It should be a personal decision. 
If you are vaccinated, good for you. If you're not vaccinated, good for you. I couldn't care less either way. I don't want you near me either way. I like to avoid the peoples as it is, Ben, as you know. According to the reports, some of the guys that tested positive were vaccinated. So it kind of brings up the question for me. I'm a little confused here. Well, Why wasn't Vanderbilt held to that same standard? Apparently they were. We're going to get into some of this with uh, Aaron Good, Aaron Fitz. So I need the details. I think Aaron will be able to answer the questions. As opposed to joining Aaron now, let's do this. Because I don't want to carry this segment long. We carried our first segment really long on Friday, and I don't want to do that again. So let's go ahead and grab a break. And when we come back, Aaron Fitt from D1 Baseball will join us. And they, they've they laid this entire thing out. Plus, we have our Twitter poll. It might even be up now, but we'll update it here. I, I think we mistimed it. But are you going to watch tonight is really the question, yes or no. Are you going to watch? the? Has this left a distaste in your mouth? Because regardless of the protocols and whether people are vaccinated or not, the way that the NCAA handled this, was really poor, was really Bush League. Aaron may shed some light on that. But I, you can't be a, a – it's just void of leadership, that whole organization is. NCAA uh, handling things poorly. It's becoming a running theme here. Well, some of it I, I feel like they're harshly judged on. This was a really poorly oh, yeah, handled situation. I mean, well, it's just, it's just no leadership, no gumption, no cojones. And it was taking more than the easy way out. And they can hide behind the medical thing. But you can at least come out and explain your decision in further detail and not leave it up for rampant speculation and insanity, which a lot of it. But the, the fact that these protocols are in place, though, and when the rest of society is opened, with people that are healthier than a lot of the people out there milling about, is, is absurd. It's beyond, it, it, it's just, it's, it's really absurd. So from that standpoint, it's ridiculous. We're going to get the deets from uh, Aaron Fit from uh, D1 Baseball. RV will join us later on, so all of that's still to come. Hang in there. Patrick Johnson Show on a Monday. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Getting the Pirate Nation home. It's the Patrick Johnson Show. Well, the drive home should be a delight. Here on 94.3 The Game, the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. D1 Baseball has been uh, all over the uh, story, and we're very happy to have uh, with us here Aaron Fitt, uh, our friend from uh, D1 Baseball. He and Kendall Rogers uh, and everyone affiliated with D1Baseball.com have been all over the story since the very beginning. Uh, Aaron, out in Omaha, so we appreciate uh, the time on what uh, is, is you know, the championship game one is already a busy enough day. Add to it the drama of the weekend, and I mean, you guys are in hyperdrive, I have to imagine. Yeah, that's for sure. It has been um, a World Series unlike any other that uh, that certainly I've covered and probably that anyone has, has covered because it's, uh, you know, it, it seems like a fitting end, sadly, to a, a, a frustrating year. I mean, it's covid Stuff has been with us all season long, and we were hoping we'd get through Omaha without having to deal with it, but it just wasn't to be. There's a great article we've posted on our social media. You guys spent uh, working on Kindle was the byline on it, but he, I remember reading it and how much he credited you as well for the help, and it was sort of a timeline of this whole thing. Um, let me ask you this. Had NC State won, uh, what would have happened? In other words, had NC State eliminated Vanderbilt Friday, yeah. what would have happened? 
Well, the, the winner of the Texas-Mississippi State game on Saturday would have just been declared the national champion. Uh, that's what we've, we've been told, is that that would have effectively ended it right there. So I'm glad you don't have to deal with that scenario. At least we have a, a championship series. Yeah, and like it or not, at least it will be played out in some form on the field. So that is, uh, that is a much better alternative th- than not. You know, NC State joins this sort of dubious list, VCU basketball uh, and others in other sports that, that had their season come short in the postseason tournament. Uh, has the NCAA come out today at any point with a, a additional statements, uh, an opportunity for a Q&A? I mean, I know you guys were able to get in contact and speak with someone, but I mean, it would seem like a, a decision of this magnitude. And this is where we, we can debate and talk about procedure and vaccine. I mean, that, that's those are all debates that are that are fine to have. Just the way that the NCAA handled this at two something in the morning is what I think is is the thing that just does not sit well with with me and I, and, I, and everybody I've talked to. Go out before the media and answer some questions, even if it's at nine in the morning yeah. the next morning. Uh, Again, they answered your guys' questions, which, I mean, great job there to to track them down and and get those answers everybody wanted. But uh, have they they given any indication they're going to expand upon this in any way? No, I don't think they're going to, uh, and that is disappointing. You know, like you said, give them credit, I guess, that, you know, from what we're told, Anthony Holman, the director of the championships, uh, he watched our, our live stream on Saturday where we kind of ripped them for the lack of transparency and the lack of accountability and explanation, and that didn't sit well with him. And so, you know, give him credit for, for speaking with us the next day and kind of laying out the timeline. But really, I mean, they should have they should have faced, you know, the media at large, I think, and just offered some explanations and answered some questions. And there's just no reason for this whole thing to have played out so secretly. Um, you know, I, we get it. There's some privacy issues with individuals, so don't name individuals, but you can still give us the numbers of players and the timeline and all these things that it just didn't have to be so cloak and dagger. And, and I think they just kind of shot themselves in the foot with the way they handled it. Aaron Fit, D1Baseball.com. Did they give any reasoning why they released a statement at 2 in the morning? Well, you know, I think they just wanted to let people know as soon as they knew. And you know, I don't have as big of an issue with that part of it. Um, I mean, at the time... There were still a lot of people up watching baseball. You know, we were just coming out of a rain delay. It was more well, that's true. time right. here. We're just yeah, we're just coming out of a delay, and, and they actually announced it on the ESPN broadcast during the game. Um, and so, you know, I, I get it's late. You know, it's really late out out in the East Coast, but um, you know, I think it made sense to let people know as as soon as they had that answer. And I would have, I'm with you. I would have preferred if they'd come out the next morning and then also answered questions and offered right. more right. explanation. But they, they didn't do that. But as far as the middle of the night thing, I mean. It was a lose-lose situation. You know, they're they're going to get hammered no matter when they announced it. So uh, I, I was fine with them just doing it as soon as they knew. Everybody was aware of the protocols going into this event, correct? Yes. So this didn't yeah, catch exactly. anybody off, off guard that was actually participating in or around, example, yourself, Kendall, your other colleagues. Uh, everybody was pretty much aware of the protocol. Yeah, exactly. And so were the teams, you know, and, and everybody knew the same information. If, if you were vaccinated, you weren't going to be subject to these random COVID tests. And so really, you know, NC State played with fire here. More than half of their active 27-man postseason roster was unvaccinated. Um, and so, you know, put set aside the politics of it and the science of it and wherever you come down and all that stuff. One thing we know for sure is that you had a much higher risk of screwing up your season for your teammates and yourself 
if you didn't get vaccinated because you were going to be subject to all the testing and there's a much higher risk of getting caught in the, in the protocols. And there are other teams out here like Texas uh, that was 100% vaccinated, their whole travel party, and they didn't have to worry about it. You know, and if one of their guys were positive, nobody would ever know because they weren't going to be tested. Um, and so, you know, if you're looking for someone to blame, it's not the NCAA, it's certainly not Vanderbilt, who's taken a lot of heat in this whole deal unfairly. Uh, NC State needs to look in the mirror. Aaron Fit, D1Baseball.com, is is with us here. Uh, that's a, a whole other conversation. I mean, there, there are college football coaches that I've talked to here uh, really over the last several months that they are – you know, some of their guys on their roster are not uh, are not vaccinated, and they can't force anybody to be vaccinated. Uh, that that is part of all of this, and that's one of the complicating factors. I mean, this could very well be a, a big problem uh, come um, come football season as well. We've seen how it's played out here. Uh, VCU, as we mentioned, I think in the article you all cited, uh, Michigan, Notre Dame's hockey. I think also had the same situation occur, and then there was a volleyball team as well. So this this is you know this is something that has occurred uh, has occurred during NCAA championships. Uh, the, the man on the street there, I mean, this Omaha obviously embraces this event. You know it as well as anybody. They kind of rallied behind NC State. Um, what kind of reaction do you expect tonight You know, from the crowd? Are they going to get into this thing, or are they kind of unhappy with the organizers and, and they, may, uh, they may make that sort of you know, a, a vocal displeasure felt by showing up and, and you know, expressing it? towards the NCAA? Well, my expectation is it's going to be just a sea of maroon. Um, you know, and, and they, those people don't have anything to complain about, those no. Mississippi State fans. <laughs> right. Uh, but, uh, They're happy. <laughs> you know, the, yeah, that's right. And, but, you know, think back to 2013, the last time, the only other time Mississippi State was in the finals. They were playing UCLA, and it was just, it was just overwhelmingly Mississippi State fans packing that place. It's, it's one of the largest, most passionate fan bases we have in college baseball. Um, you know, they'll get 14,000 people in there for a super regional game, uh, in Starkville. And, uh, you know, they're going to show up in big time numbers. And, uh, you know, I suspect for them, it'll, it'll just feel like a home game and there won't there'll be any kind of undercurrents there about the, the NC state thing. Right. Can you imagine, I, I, and I guess you could understand this, Aaron. Um, I mean, you just said, you know, Mississippi state's expecting 14,000 plus tonight. You're, there's going to be over 20,000 easily there. Um, no mask requirement. We don't know the vaccine status of people. How does that backdrop rationalize with, you know, this whole thing with NC State? I mean, that that's where another area I think people believe this sort of smacks of hypocrisy to a degree. Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to that, but you know, the the, the fans aren't playing. Um, you know, I mean, it's that simple. I mean, there's there is a different standard uh, for the, for the participants on the field and those guys that are, are subject to, to NCAA rules. And uh, the NCAA has a responsibility, you know, to try to protect its athletes and also the people who are associated with the event. I mean, if you're if you're a player and you're positive and you're interacting with you know the elderly, you know ushers or something or people working under the bowels of the stadium. I mean, you could infect those people and there's liability there. Um, now society at large has opened up and loosened mask requirements for vaccinated people. Now, whether or not you're vaccinated and you choose to wear a mask, I mean, that's kind of the honor system. Uh, that's just how it is everywhere. Um, and, and, you know, uh, uh, the stadium here is no different, but uh, there is a different set of standards for the participants on the field. It's like that in every sport. It's not just college baseball, not just college anything. It's, you know, major leagues and, and NFL and everybody still has to go through the protocols and, and abide by these things. So, 
I mean, you know, I don't know what to say. It's just, it's just the reality we, we got here. All right, we've got Aaron Fit, D1Baseball.com for us, uh, with us here on the phone. We appreciate him taking a few minutes. Just just some quick things. Again, it's covered in this great article. We've linked it up uh, on our uh, website uh, and uh, social media as well from uh, D1 Baseball. Uh, Aaron and Kendall doing uh, yeoman's work and covering this and getting the answers on all of this. Uh, essentially, uh, even though vaccinated players reportedly uh, had tested positive in the NC State camp. Uh, that fell within the protocol rules because of contact tracing. Is that correct? Yeah. So that that okay. was the issue. Is once you had you had four unvaccinated players test positive, and then you had four, which triggered testing the entire roster. Right. Right. Um, and that's just in, that's just laid out in the protocols. There wasn't any any kind of underhanded stuff there. Uh, but you know the idea was they're trying to NCAA was trying to clear people. They're trying to, to test them into playing. Uh, but once they tested the whole roster, they got four more positives from the, um, you know, the vaccinated people. And of course, you know, if you're vaccinated, the the, the effects are, are significantly mitigated. I think even Boo Corrigan said that in his statement, the NC State AD. Um, but nonetheless, the positive is a positive. And once, at that point, you've got eight, you know, eight cases on your your 40 man travel party, and um, it's a full full blown outbreak at that point. Yeah, that, that's the other thing too. I, I think that a lot of people, even though you're fully vaccinated. Uh, that doesn't mean you will not test positive potentially for uh, COVID. Doesn't mean that you won't uh, contract COVID. You 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 will, but the vaccine, in a way, sort of uh, perhaps prevents that, or or at least mitigates the the really bad effects for people who are prone to it. So that that's a that is a point, and that's how I understand it. So that's I, I certainly understand that answers that question there. Uh, was there any real traction to NC State trying to? play a, a double header that's that's sort of a, a popular line of the day that started to emerge late yesterday and, and i've heard throughout the day today at times is that uh, i guess elliot avent and company wanted to to play a a, a double header saturday was that even seriously considered i mean it sounds like nc state was pushing for that but no it's just not uh that's not how this event works and also i mean i think you know, the contact tracing thing takes some time, and it takes a certain number of days and a certain number of uh, negative tests in order to kind of get everybody clear again. And again, once you've got eight guys, I mean, uh, you know, we've seen teams all season long that had two-week breaks for yeah, COVID right, breaks. I right. mean, I just think it's unreasonable to think, oh, well, we'll all be cleared to go the next day, you know, when we've got eight. We got eight guys positive for the whole team. We're going to be ready to go tomorrow. I mean, there's no way. There's just no way. It, it, it just wouldn't have added up. I guess you haven't had a chance. I know I'm scattered all over here, but I just want to make sure we cover as many bases as possible. I mean, the article does reporting out there has done this, but you know, you know how attention spans go, uh, Aaron. Um, you know, what, was there any Vanderbilt was was or was not tested, and if not, why? Despite being well, on the field with them, yeah. Well, they're they're subject to the same random tests for their unvaccinated people. Okay. And my understanding is they, are, they have a very high vaccination rate, but, um, and, and they were tested. Those same unvaccinated players were tested, um, you know, as usual after mm-hmm. the game with NC state, but okay. um, apparently they did not require testing all the, the vaccinated players. It just, uh, cause they hadn't had any positives. Gotcha. Uh, last thing here. And again, I appreciate your time. I know it's a busy day for you. Let me ask you this really quickly uh, here. There, there is some reporting that I guess the local health department that was included within the statement is now kind of washing their hands of this, saying, "No, we did not, you know, make the recommendation to to eliminate the Wolfpack from this uh, 
from this tournament. Um, again, this is probably something that could have some follow-up if the NCAA were made available, but what have you learned about that being a possible contradictory statement? Was the NCAA maybe assuming that they had their back? How, how did that miscommunication occur? Because, again, yeah. that perception does not look very good when it's in an official statement from the NCAA and, and the health department locally right. is, is bouncing back immediately. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that didn't sit well with me either. Um, I did see that report. I think it was an AP report. I haven't, I haven't confirmed that. I just saw it on Twitter, so who even knows if it's a real report. Uh, but I think it was an AP report right. that said yeah. um, that, you know, they quoted the, 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 health, the, the county health department saying we had nothing to do with this decision. Uh, and, and if that's the case, you know, it does not look good for the NCAA uh, that they kind of tried to put half of it on, on those guys. And, you know, somebody's lying here. You know, either the NCAA <laughs> or the health right. department – you know, it was just a, it was a tragic miscommunication, but I don't know how you could have that, that significant of a miscommunication because they're saying completely opposite things. Hey, Aaron, thanks a lot for the time. I uh, know you uh, and your guy, normally you're busy with this no matter what, but uh, uh, obviously uh, this story is, is blown up nationally and it's huge in the state here. Really quickly, uh, who do you like in the series here? Just to return it to baseball uh, real, really quick. Yeah. Well, it, it really sets up very well for Vanderbilt, you know, and then Vanderbilt hasn't actually played close to his best game out here yet. And so we'll see if they can actually get it going. They need to play better defense, need to get their bats going. Mississippi State's offense has been kind of quiet, too, and they've just had a couple of big innings, really. But, um, you know, through no fault of Vanderbilt's, they didn't have to play on Saturday, you know, so their pitching is, is much better rested than Mississippi State's. I mean, you've got Jack Leiter, you know, potentially number one overall pick in the draft, ready to go in the first game on, on full rest. Uh, against Christian McLeod, who, you know, was the number one starter for a lot of the year for Mississippi State, was was good in the first half, really has struggled down the stretch and was not good out here last week. So, uh, you know, State needs him. Mississippi State needs him to really come through and eat some innings today and um, take some, some pressure off the bullpen, especially since their, their closer, Landon Sims, is kind of taxed a little bit. Um, it, it just, you know, and, and Rocker, if he has to come back on Wednesday, uh, Kamar Rocker, he's, he's you know, he'll have more rest than, than if Mississippi right. State has to bring back their ace right. uh, who pitched on Saturday. Rocker pitched on Friday. So everything certainly looks like it favors Vanderbilt. But we'll see how they handle, um, you know, all the, 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 the baggage that's been heaped upon them here right. during this thing. There's yeah. a lot of people blaming them, again, unfairly. Uh, they've been villainized out here. Maybe that'll have a galvanizing effect on that team, or maybe, um, you know, it'll, it'll rattle them. We'll, we'll find out. Hey, Aaron, thanks a lot. No, you got a lot going on. Appreciate it. Thanks so much. All right, Patrick, you got it. Uh, there he goes. Aaron uh, with uh, Aaron Fit with uh, D1Baseball.com. So did that answer some of your questions? It did. It did. That was pretty uh, comprehensive. So uh, we had a Twitter poll up, and before Ben gets to his uh, update, I'll, I'll take a quick glance at it. I thought we'd time it out where we would end it about, you know, right before the show and give an update, but. Uh, my timing on that was not real good. Was not real good. Uh, and neither is my internet connection now because I'm unable to to locate this poll necessarily. All right, what do you got, Ben? Then Ben Ben has been to the rescue here. So we asked where you watch the College World Series game one tonight between Vanderbilt and Mississippi State. Yes or no? Uh, it's it's pretty split. Fifty three point eight percent say yes, while forty six point two say no. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so I thought it, I think it'd be I thought it would be close. I just I thought it might be kind of the opposite way, but yeah, I thought it was going to be more so. No. All right, uh, Ronald Vincent. Just a minute. We'll talk to him right now. Ben with an update. 
Thanks, Patrick. Plenty of news from local baseball. Jake Rose, your three NCHS AA state champions after defeating Cox Mill 9 to 4 in a best of three series. This is the Rampant's first championship since 2008, and head coach Ronald Vincent's seventh overall with the program. Rose's Danny Sadler Jr. capped off the weekend with being named the series MVP by the association. From Greenville Little League, after going three games in a best of three, Remax claimed their third city championship in four years after defeating host Lions 5 to 2 Friday night. And a few Pirate baseball standouts continue to rack up accolades as, of course, Connor Norby and Gavin Williams were both named D1 Baseball first-team All-Americans. For Major League Baseball, after a new banned substances policy was put in place to crack down on pitchers using spotter tack for a better spin rate, they have their first culprit and Mariners veteran reliever Hector Santiago. After four umpires agreed there was a sticky substance in his glove in yesterday's doubleheader against the White Sox, San Diego, San Diego can now possibly face a 10-game suspension in which Seattle cannot replace him during that time frame. For the NFL, two-time All-Pro and Super Bowl champion Demarius Thomas has announced his retirement from the NFL after 10 seasons. Thomas was a Super Bowl 50 champion of the Denver Broncos and his second all-time in receiving yards for the franchise. Meanwhile, the New York Jets are trying to shore up the offensive line for their new investment in quarterback Zach Wilson as they signed former Washington football team right tackle Morgan Mosens to a one-year deal. From the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks for the worst. The star point guard Trey Young says his right ankle is sprained and hurting after last night's loss to the Bucks. An MRI revealed it was a bone bruise. He's questionable for Game 4 tomorrow night. Kawhi Leonard is officially listed as out for Game 5 of the Western Conference Finals tonight due to that listed right knee sprain. Over in Portland, they have a new head coach and former NBA champion Chauncey Billups. Billups signed a five-year deal with the franchise after being a after a brief tenure as an assistant for the LA Clippers and wrapping up hoops, possibly somewhat encouraging news for the ECU Pirates. As Memphis head coach Penny Hardaway is garnering some serious interest from his former team, the Orlando Magic, to be their new head coach. Capping off the NHL, the newly founded Seattle Kraken announced they will join the Florida Panthers and making the AHL's Charlotte Checkers as their new affiliate. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Byrne. On the other side of this quick timeout, the legendary Ronald Vinson. After this quick timeout. Eastern North Carolina's home for the Adam Gold Show. Come on in. Weekdays at noon, right here on Eastern Carolina's home for sports. I love sports. And the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. What's happening? I'll tell you what's happening. Log on to our new website, 943thegame.com, for PJ Shot Podcasts and the latest news on the Pirates. This is happening. Now, back to Patrick Johnson on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Not one for the thumb, one for the index finger, on the other hand. The great Ronald Vincent, RV, coach of the 3A state champion, Rose High Rampants. Congratulations, RV. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you. Uh, uh, it was a long two weeks that we just finished, and, uh, you know, our boys really, really play, played well at the end of the year, Patrick. We really played good. Played, oh. Got good pitching. Our defense was a superb, and we hit enough. Over fifteen hundred, over fifteen hundred miles the last couple weeks. That's right. That's right. We figured we figured that out, and and uh, uh, and figured that uh, St. Louis is only nine hundred miles away. <laughs> <laughs> fifteen hundred miles. That bus became our uh, our best friend. <laughs> well, 
I'm 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 sure there were a lot of good memories on that bus, and I'm sure there were a lot of uh, fun moments on that bus ride back last night, uh, it, or yesterday afternoon. It was a great little uh, uh, greeting for you guys uh, when you got yeah, it really back. Was. It was pretty. That was pretty cool. Got police escort. That that was neat. Yeah, that really really was cool. You know, you, uh, you come around the corner, you got the police escorting you in, and then there's all those people waiting for you. It really makes you feel good. It's, you know, it's just hard to express. You know how that makes you feel. Uh, Ronald Vincent is with us. Rose wins their seventh state title on uh, Saturday in what could uh, just be described as uh, less than ideal circumstances to play games. <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, Sunday they won. Uh, less than ideal yeah. circumstances. Uh, you know, look, I, I get what the High School Athletic Association, they didn't have the sport last year. They wanted to create a little better environment than just a high school field. Oddly enough, you guys end up winning it on a high school field. Uh, but uh, that had to be really, really tough for for you guys. W- was it tough, though, to keep the kids engaged? I mean, because you, you go and you, you're geared up and you get down there and it's like the Griswold vacation, you know, because you only have like a day to get ready and then you're down there Friday and you're ready to play and then boom, you can't play. Uh, yeah, so you yeah. come back, you got to come back, say, right, we got to, we got to win two on Saturday. No big deal. We've, we can do that. Guys have won two games in a single day. Many times that probably play on this team and, and some of the other uh, baseball that they play. Well, you only get one in, but you get a great performance in and then you're pushed to Sunday. So I mean, keeping the guys engaged, was that a big concern? Yeah. Yeah. It, it really was, you know, because you, know, you sit around and, and we, we talk to them all the time about, you know, dealing with the, uh, the variables that exist, and these are, hey, look, we, we talked about it, 2021, some strange things have happened, period. And that's just more, now, now Saturday, I have to say, now, Saturday when it rained, it rained. It was, it was, <laughs> it was a pure flood, and everything was flooded, and obvious. Uh, and, and, and you have to give a lot of credit, the, the guy, Terry Sanford, where we wound up playing, uh, we looked at pictures of his field on Saturday afternoon. And it was flooded, and we played yesterday in perfect conditions. He, I mean, he fixed that field, made it just perfect, and uh, uh, it, it was a, a very nice place to play. You know, uh, especially after all the problems we had at the other place. Yeah. So it was it was a very very good place to play, and and, uh, uh, and we played well. We played well again. I know it was hot, and there were a lot of uh, people that. Uh you know, we're dealing with the heat, so it's a good thing you didn't go to, to game three. I'm talking about the fans. You, you didn't go to game yeah. three because uh, I'm not sure they'd have made it through. Uh, tell me about this young man, Danny Sadler. He wins the uh, MVP, uh, and by all accounts, he's just a, a super, super young person. Yes, he, he's, he's, he's awesome. Uh, he uh, kind of struggled early in the year. He came off football, you know, and, and struggled. And uh, We got in the playoffs. We got in the playoffs. He just started hitting line drives all over the field. And uh, then when we got up there, you know, he catch, boy, he made a catch yesterday. In right center, we were up five to three. And he made a catch in right center that, uh, you know, I wish we'd had video of because it'd be on uh, Sports Center. Because, you know, that saved that. And then he got a couple hits and scored two or three runs. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when you guys batting down the bottom of the lineup, get on for the big boys. It, you, you can score a lot of runs. And Danny, Danny, Danny was outstanding. I was really, really pleased with Danny. Uh, we've got RV. Give me the name of some other guys that played well for you, RV. Well, you know, our pitching was just outstanding. Yeah. You know, what Lee Watson did on uh, a Saturday afternoon, Saturday morning, he, he, 
he had 120 pitches, and he on his 120th pitch, he threw a, a, a double play ground ball that ended the game. So that meant we didn't have to use anybody else. So we had all three of our uh, other pitchers, our other frontline pitchers, you know, Tyler Bonds and, and uh, uh, Grayson Myrick and Wade Jarman available for us to pitch uh, in that second game. And that was huge, not having to use any pitching yeah. like that. So, and, and then, you know, our, our catching Rocky Glasgow was so solid behind the plate. Uh, uh, he was so solid. And, you know, it, it was the, the thing on this team, Patrick, that's so unique and so much fun for a coach we didn't have one or two guys that carried us. You know, a lot of times you have that right, yeah. guy in the three and four holes that just carry you. This year, we, we it was everybody in the batting order did started producing. Everybody. And that's so tough on a pitcher to have to pitch the nine consecutive hitters. You know, and then, you know, the, the middle and the bottom and the top are all about the same. And, uh, and, and uh, so, so that, that was such a big deal when these guys all started hitting and, and uh, like I say, uh, and we could run, and we could run, and then you know if you run, if you're able to run, you, you play good defense. You know, Caleb May, Caleb May made a play yesterday with just you know another Sports Center play. He backhanded one up the middle to his knees and threw the guy out in first, and uh, which is not unusual for Caleb. <laughs> so uh, uh, like I say, these guys uh, really play defense. Really, really impressed with them. Hey, um, we're we're a little short on time here, but you're back at it today, having your baseball camp for the youth. Did you double the fee on them after winning the championship? You probably should have done that. No, sir. No, sir. My <laughs> camp uh, for the recreation department. Did they make them pay? Because I wouldn't charge a dime. Patrick, I know you that. wouldn't. I know you would not. I really know you I would not. Yeah, uh, 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 it's it's fun, and uh, I, I I just. It will not take money to do things like that, uh, even though we were running to the recreation department and get a little bit. But uh, uh, it's so much fun. And look, if you come down there with a six to eight year old, Patrick, you will appreciate what elementary education teachers are. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is Marvin all right? Did Marvin stay up on Marvin's night? fine. Okay, Marvin's we good. We just had a sighting. Just had a Marvin sighting out here a minute ago. Okay, and I hadn't seen him for the last five minutes. So I expect he's in the middle of a nap right now. He's in the shade. <laughs> Road back, had him a little something to eat. Yeah. So I expect he's uh, in the middle of a nap right now. I've got great <laughs> questions for you, but I will save them because I told you we're going to have you sometime in the next few weeks come in the studio okay. and just talk okay, some uh, sports and stuff. So I'm going to ask you some really good questions oh, in, good. in a few good. weeks. You ask hard questions. You ask hard questions. So yeah. I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll study up for it. Okay. Uh, okay. Congratulations. Really, I mean, I'm, I couldn't be any more thrilled than I am for you guys. Uh, what an awesome achievement and congratulations! Thank you, and, and uh, uh, it really helps. And thanks for supporting Rose High School. Take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. See you. All right, Bye-bye. there he goes, the great uh, Ronald Vincent. Uh, what a guy! What a guy! He's back out there teaching uh, six and eight year olds to play uh, baseball today. Back in the day, young Ben Byram went at one of those. Did camps. you go to the RV I sure camp? Did yep. There you go. I learned how to play second base at that camp. Did you really? I sure did. Wow, that's cool. All right, we'll come back. I don't know if we'll have time for the Pippin audio, but it is something. And if we do, we'll play it for you because it is something next. Every Monday during the NFL season, get the latest on the Carolina Panthers as Jim Zoki from the Panthers Radio Network joins the P-Man. Bring on the good stuff, universe. This and every Monday right here on 94.3 The Game. The flagship station for the ECU Pirates. 
And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Thanks, Darby. Thanks, Aaron Fit. Scotty Pippen has heard earlier today right here on 94.3 The Game on the Dan Patrick Show. Been in about, what's the setup for this really quick so we can play it for the folks? Basically, he was asked about the 94 playoffs and why he chose to sit on the bench instead of uh, going out there on the final play, I think in a game seven against the Knicks. Well, yeah, when Kukoc was called on and hit the game-winning shot, yep. and he was not the play wasn't drawn up for him. Yep. So this is what Scotty had to say, and he told DP earlier today. But if you talk to Phil about this, because by saying a racial move, then you're you're calling Phil a racist. I don't have a problem with that. Do you think Phil was or is? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, do you remember Phil Jackson left the Lakers, went, wrote a book on Kobe Bryant, and then came back and coached him? I mean, who would do that? You name someone in professional sports that would do that. So that is uh, Scottie Pippen basically saying Bill's a racist. And, that, and that's what he kind of said before leading into it. He thought the decision for him not to be the guy to shoot it because it was his team, no longer Jordan's team. He was the MVP candidate. It was racially motivated. Not because Ku Coach was one of the best shooters in the league or because Scotty. Everybody knew the ball was going to go to Scotty Pippen right. probably. But Pippen was not. Pippen totally refused to go in the game. Pippen was also the same guy that wouldn't didn't play against Detroit when they were roughhousing him because he had migraines. And I'm not not trying to say people have migraines should play through, but I mean, there was always a perception Scotty was soft. That '94 attitude did nothing to to really. I'm sure we'll get into it tomorrow. Perception. I got my complaint. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it more tomorrow. Have a great. Oh, Jake Smith, former Pirate catcher. Johnny Bench Award winner and state champion coach tomorrow.